Today is the final of the Women's World Cup. Hip hip. Oh, yeah, but England aren't in it. So we were knocked out by the USA. But um, there, there was a phrase this, this week that came on the TV, and it really hit me. And I want to use that as the focus for my preach today. And they were talking about a manager of the England team called Phil Neville. And then Phil Neville and his team came into the English ladies' squad, and instantly they impacted them with this sense of belonging, of value. They impacted every one of the team, whether they were experienced or newbies coming into the football scene internationally, that they had a part to play that those who were sitting on the bench equally had a part in the success of the team, even though they weren't playing with the ball at the time. The, the, the emphasis was being whoever had the ball at the time was being supported by the whole team. And the impact of that has resonated through the England team. And even though they've only come fourth, the fact about it is that that team are cohesive, they work together. And the thing that comes out from them is this, we now feel we belong to the England women's football team. And that's been brought on by a man with a vision. And it was this sense of belonging. And it's sort of not festered, but as I've mused about this, I've got quite excited because it's my belief that within the church, not only in Wyndham, but in our nation today, we need that sense for some of us, a fresh sense of belonging. We need the fact, from the youngest child, look, from the youngest child in the arms of mum and dad, they need that sense of belonging. It comes with a cuddle, it comes with a kiss, it comes with feeding, it comes with changing a nappy. Through to the most senior citizen in our land, they, they need help with the shopping to be carried. They need a knock on the door saying, are you okay today? They need a cup of tea and a bit of a chat. And the, the fact the fact about it is, as, as we move into life today, we all need a sense of belonging. And so I want us today, uh, I please God, by what we've heard so far, it's fantastic. But at the end of this few minutes that I'm going to be sharing with you, I want you to have more of a deep sense of belonging, more of a fact that you are a part of what's going on, and you're precious in God's eyes. If we turn to John 3.16, um, we read the following. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done and has been done in the sight of God. God is love. It's illustrated amazingly there in that famous scripture, John three sixteen through to verse 21. God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. The challenge in my life comes, what am I prepared then to give for God? If God will give his one and only son, the most magnanimous, amazing gift that can be given for me, what am I prepared to give for God? 
in order that I can find my sense of belonging. We can see there, God's love is steadfast and unchanging. It comforts us. It's revealed to us through Jesus Christ. God's love is poured into our lives through the Holy Spirit. God's love compels us to love one another. Do you feel as though you belong this morning? Do you feel when you leave this venue today that you feel, have that sense, that, that wonderful feeling of belonging? I remember when my mum passed away, and uh, my dad, bless him, he stayed with my brother for three months, then decided he, he wanted to be back in, in their bungalow. And I remember traveling across to Lancashire and uh, taking dad out for, for lunch, and there we are having our burger and chips or whatever it was, I forget what it was at the time. I said, come on, Dad, tell me, how's it cooking? What's, what's going on? He said, well, you can't believe how much you miss your mum. And, you know, tears started coming down his, his cheek at that time. He said, I can't tell you how much you miss mum. He said, but at this point in time, I appreciate, he used to call me and my brothers the lads. He said, I appreciate you lads and all that you're doing uh, and everything. He said, but Mark, when I go home at night and close the door, he said, I can feel so alone. He said, but the one thing about it that helps me in that time is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And I think I've told you before of Dad's experience of the Holy Spirit. But, but, but the fact about it is, um, it is possible to be lonely. You can be part of a crowd and yet still be lonely. But when you have that sense of belonging, it goes beyond that. It has that sense that you are part of and essential, great to see youth team this morning. We've got people who are a part of this fabulous youth team serving the young people at this time. But it's this, God's love for us. Scripture, in fact, confirms God's love for us. It's there, it's quite clear. I've, I've quoted already, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus himself in John 15, 9 to 17, he's quoted as saying, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you. And your joy may be full. To belong costs. Not necessarily finance, but it costs effort. It's fine for people to say there's always an open door for you. We always are there for you. But it's for us to take that step maybe towards that open door, towards that cup of tea, towards that cup of coffee. For people to say, oh, you must come round one Sunday lunch. Well, sometimes it's words, isn't it? But what happens if you say, yeah, that, that'd be great sometime. You could come and see me, what you're doing a week on Sunday. Do you know, it's effort, it's work. But as we begin to build that, and Phil Neville's done that within the England ladies football team. It's not only when they're on the training ground. You hear about these ladies now, they socialize together, the families meet together, the kids meet together uh, as family units, and there's something that builds the bridges. That's why we have connect groups, that's why we have social events that go on, so that we can be with each other, shoulder to shoulder, support each other, and encourage each other. I want to declare over a live window this morning. Nothing can change God's love for you. 
God will never love you less. God will never love you more. And for me personally, that's so brilliant to know. That in my sense of belonging, God's love for me is there all the time. Secondly, there is a place called heaven. There is a place called hell. Why did God send Jesus? Why did Jesus give his life on a cross? It was to open a door for those who would believe in him one day to find themselves in heaven. Heaven, hell. It's a clear choice. Maybe we don't hear that enough in church life today. I remember when I was growing up in my childhood days, it was the focus of the day with the, with the Pentecostal uh, denominations of the day. It was a focus. Yes, we had the Holy Spirit, but heaven and hell. There's a place called hell. Avoid it. Avoid it. Uh, but we don't hear that much these days. Maybe that's a problem. But what, one, of the, one of the best evangelists in the world, Billy Graham, summarized it this way. Our world is filled with fear, hate, lust, greed, war, war and utter despair. Surely the second coming of Jesus Christ is the only hope of replacing these depressing features with trust, love, universal peace, and prosperity. Jesus died, he rose from the dead, and Jesus is coming again. Then how excited are you about the second coming of Jesus? Does your heart skip, leap, jump? I hope it doesn't leave your body because we'd have a major problem. But is there something of a buzz in your Christian faith when you start considering that Jesus is coming back again? It's called the second coming. And again, maybe it was overplayed in the late 60s and 70s. and Maybe people thought, oh, we must talk about something different in church. Sadly, we don't talk about that enough. There is a place called heaven. There is a place called hell. But Jesus is coming back for those who love him. Those who are alive will go up with him. Those who are dead will rise and go to be with him. It's all there clear in Scripture. And it's there, it's that sense of belonging within us that brings that sense of assurance within our lives that we will be with Jesus in heaven one day. Do we look forward to our holidays? I bet we do. We've got a few days coming off in in August and we're talking about it already and getting excited about it. But the challenge can be, uh, we're excited about our holidays. How excited are we about heaven? Do you ever sit down and think about heaven, ponder about heaven, read up about heaven in scripture and say, wow, I'm going to be there one day. I'm going to experience the presence of God so intimately, it's going to be incredible. I'm going to hear angels sing. I'm going to have total fellowship with fellow believers. That's something to look forward to. But it comes with a sense of belonging. You see, the church is not bricks and mortar. It's living beings. It's you and it's me. Wherever you go in this world, and and we've experienced this time and time again, you meet up with fellow Christians and they're there for you. They're there to support, they're to inspire, they're to encourage, sometimes to help. 
Why? Because the bond is there. We belong to the Christian family. Thirdly, we read throughout Scripture of people experiencing the highs and lows of life and still relating to God and God relating to them as they needed to know they belong. I'm sure you, like me, have experienced the times where maybe you've wanted to feel that you belong, that you haven't. When I grew up as a kid, I was quite a, what shall I say, a portly human being. And uh, so football really wasn't my forte in the sporty scene. And school sports days, they always came last in the, in the running. And so when it came to, to picking the teams, you know, you'd all line up against the wall. I don't know if you did in your school, but in my school. You'd line up against the wall, and then the school teacher would appoint two captains. And they'd stand there at the front. They'd say, right, pick your team. Who was always last? Come on, a bit of empathy. You know, know, my heart hurts, my heart hurts. But you see, as as I grew older, the pounds fell off, and I got interested in my cricket, and I was a decent middle-order batter, but also as a fast bowler. And all of a sudden, when the teams were being picked, you see, uh, the two captains, appointed captains, will stand there and start picking the teams. And, and, and my pickings rapidly grew from being last to be picked up to the middle, and then, oh, I'll have Hutton. Yeah, Mark, I'll have Mark in my team. Why? Because they knew they was going to get some runs in the cricket. And also, when it came to the football, I was quite keen on the defensive side. So all of a sudden, I never got to first pick, but pretty well up there. But then the ultimate, ultimate 40 came in my life, in my teenage years. I really got into basketball. There was nobody in the school like, no, I can't say that. But anyway, (laughs) but the fact about it is, basketball, I was in the house team, in the school team. And all of a sudden, you see, I'd gone from, in my infant years, being the last to be picked to experiencing what it was like. Oh, Hutton, 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 uh, coming out like that. The difference was quite incredible. The picking was not on who I was as an individual. It was on what I could do for those team captains. The Christian life is not like that. It's nothing to do with our seeming ability, our seeming strength are seeming what we can put into the lives of others. It's there for us to do for each other, to be together. And that's what belonging is all about. There's something special about that. And, you know, as we we read through Scripture, we can see there are people who experience the, the high times in life. There are other people who experience the low times in life, but they still knew they belong. Thumbnail sketches. Man called Noah. Existing at a time where, where God was really brassed off with his creation. So much so, God said, I'm destroying it. Water's coming, flood it, cease the lot. But there's a man called Noah. We read clearly in scripture. He sought God. He prayed to God. He asked God for some faith. He asked God for some grace to come. And God gave this guy some grace and allowed him to build a boat in his backyard. Pretty big boat. Took him a bit of time as well to build it. But you see, the fact about it is, no matter, even though everything was going on around, Noah had a faith in God because he knew he belonged. And we know the results of that. Noah was determined to pursue God to allow him to build. How, how, how are we determined in our prayer life with God? 
What are you looking for in your life this morning, in a live window? What are you looking for in your personal life with God? How, how geared up are you to pursue God? Do you, do you let go? Do you give in? Do you pray twice and say, oh, well, not going to happen. Uh, forget that. Uh, I'll think about it again. Or are you persistent day in, day out, day in, day out? From my teenage years, if anybody is ever sick and they say, will you pray for me? I will pray for them day after day after day after day. Some people go to be with Jesus. I pray with them up to the dying breath. But the reality is, it's the stickability. It's pursuing God. Is it possible this morning that within our workplace we could be more successful if we pursue God? Is it possible with our education? Is it possible with, with our artistic abilities and, and our abilities in every aspect of life? That if we pursue God more thoroughly, shall I say, more persistently... Let's beat on the doors of heaven, or whatever you want to call it, but say, come on, God. We will not let go of this. We belong to you. We belong to you. Hear the prayer of our heart today. We can think of a woman called Deborah. She was a prophetess. She was one of the major, the fourth judge of the pre-monarchic Israel time in, in Scripture. A very powerful lady in her own right, yet she was a lady against all of, of, of the social background and, and priorities of life. There was a woman called Deborah who was willing to be a voice for God. You couldn't get further away from, from the, the openness and the freedom to be able to serve God as, as Deborah found herself in. Yet she was prepared to seek God. And tell him that she would be his voice. And we, we know the story of that, how the Canaanites were uh, destroyed by the Israelites. Can I ask this morning, what motivates us to achieve, to ensure we have a vision and a focus? Deborah, a woman of vision. Deborah, a woman of focus. Where are you going in your life today? As Christians, what, what do we want to achieve in life? It took a woman like Deborah to have, have the voice to say, God, use me, and I will share your words. And her prophetic words, amazingly effective life. We can think of Daniel, a young man, who initially was imprisoned, but he kept persistent in, in prayer. Even when he found himself in, in a den with some lions, he persisted in prayer. How persistent are we in prayer today? Jesus taught us how to pray, didn't he? Matthew 6, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from the evil one. He had a passion. He had a commitment to talk with God. When was the last time you had a chat with God? I know corporately we've had a chat with God this morning. But the intimacy. I've had people say to me, it must have been wonderful to have been a disciple with Jesus and to be that close. And I always, quick as a flash, come back and say, are you close to Jesus? No. Seems quite a logical question to ask. If we belong, it means we're close. If we belong, it means that we're in that place that we can communicate without fail, daily, time after time. 
I'm asking God for advice. I'm asking God for help. I'm asking God for focus. It's just my lifestyle now. It's just, it's just how it is. It's not easy, but I've got into the groove, and it's just a fact of life now where I'm at. I'm on the M18 going along the third lane. Lights are all stopping in the, in the distance, and I, I'm coming to a stop. Bang, straight up the back of my car on the 8th. I still haven't got my car back yet. But you know, when you're standing, when you get out of your car on the third lane of a motorway and traffic's whizzing all around and whatever, you, A, you thank God you're alive, but then you just say, God, just protect me. And you know he did. Sometimes it's, it's critical points like that that can focus your prayer life. It's almost a scream out to God for help, but he's still there. But God is there for, for the tough times. And also, we, we read a, this man, as I've said, called Job. Um, adversity, hassle. Whatever could happen to a human being, it happened to Job. I mean, man alive. I wonder how he managed to stay on his feet, never mind anything else. It is it's quite a passage of scripture to read about Job. And you scratch your head thinking, how did you keep your head and keep a trust in God. Most people would have given up and said, sack it. I don't believe there is a God. But we don't read that of Job. But because of that, God brought him through. He had a commitment to God. I'm challenged as I think of that, of belonging. What is my commitment to God? Phil Neville has an incredible commitment to his team. His team have an incredible commitment to each other. Why? Because they know they belong. We can think of Esther, this beautiful Jewish wife of the Persian king, Xerxes I, and her cousin Mordecai. One of, uh, one of her husband's chief men, Haman, he deceivingly uh, created a plot to destroy the whole of the Jewish people. And because of Esther, she changed things around uh, upon its head. So much so that Mordecai, uh, we read there, her cousin said this, Esther... You were born for such a time as this. Out of everything you read about Esther, there's this this phrase that comes from Mordecai. Esther, you were born for such a time as this. Prophetically, can I speak into your lives this morning? You were born for such a time as this. It's the willingness, it's the sense of belonging, it's the sense of having hope, it's the sense of assurance. It's this sense of having a God-given ability to do when naturally we can't, that we can say, God, take us. Let's see this day. Uh, Destination Wyndham. Yeah, Destination Wyndham. To be a day where we just touch lives. We seed something in our life. We give something away. Folks, go away and in the weeks to come, they're blessed because we gave up some time. On a Saturday. Is it on the high street? It's everywhere. everywhere in Wyndham. Total coverage in Wyndham. You can have multiple sites. Oh, amazing. All sorts of things could go. But you see, Esther was born for such a time as this. Dwell on those words. State it. I was born, not now but in your own privacy. I was born for such a time as this. 
And allow, allow the Holy Spirit just, just to touch that and nurture it. Whatever our age, we were born for such a time as this. The sense of belonging, the sense of, of being a part of something that is active and dynamic in the core of Wyndham to make a difference is so exciting. We can think of Moses. He was a murderer. You can't get much lower than that, can you? He was a murderer. A total picture of failure that yet God chose him to lead people. See, Moses was willing to serve. If you got a blank piece of paper and had a hundred people, Moses would be like the Marcotton of infant school, last on the list to be picked. But you see, God can see more than we can see. God knows more than what we know. God can take who we are and make us have the most incredible influence upon life. You were born for such a time as this. And finally, Samuel. Samuel's name means herd of God. Not a herd of sheep, but hearing. That must be incredible. To be called herd of God. To be in a place that, that you know that every word you say is heard by God. Do you know it's so incredible that it's an actual fact? Whatever you share with God, he hears. In fact, whatever we do, he sees. In fact, wherever we are, he knows. Because that is God. And that sense of belonging to God, that sense of having a Father God who cares for us in our life, who wants the best for us in our life. The sense of the Holy Spirit coming and touching our life is so fulfilling. You were born for such a time as this. You were born to have that sense of belonging. You were born to know you're special in God. We can't all be Phil Neville's. But we can all be the person God has created us to be. And today, God help us, not only within a live window, but too within this community, to let people have that sense of meaning that they belong. You're a part of it. You are. You're a part of what goes on, and that's special. So, let me just summarize as we close. We start where we began. As we need to know we belong, we can be assured that God's love surrounds us day by day. Scripture clearly, clearly tells us that God's love is steadfast and unchanging. God's love is there to comfort us. God's love is revealed to us through Christ Jesus. God's love is poured into us through the Holy Spirit. God's love compels us to love one another. You were born for such a time as this. You think you can't preach, but you can. God gives you flashes of inspiration on a Friday afternoon. 
But they're there on a Thursday, a Wednesday, a Tuesday, a Monday, a Sunday, a Saturday. Because you belong to God. He belongs to you. And Jonathan just allowed those notes to be breathed on by the Holy Spirit. As you ask, you will receive. As you receive, get on your computer, or if you're old school, get out a biro and some paper. Write it down. See, God can talk to us at any time. For me, some of the most inconvenient of times, I've got to say, God has spoken to me. Woken up at three o'clock in the morning, think I don't need a loo or anything. What's going on? And then all of a sudden, I've just had these thoughts just start coming to me. So I'm savvy these days. I, I turn the side light on, get a barrow out, and just whatever bit of paper there, I just write the notes down, then turn the light off, and instantly I'm back to sleep. It's there for me in the morning. God can speak to us at any time. None of you are on a shelf this morning. You are born for such a time as this. With your leadership forum, think and pray about this week. Say, God, how can you use me? There was a man in his late 80s called Sid Broughton, who was one of the most dynamic men I ever knew with young people. They loved him. He was like a granddad to them, but ultimately, he put Jesus into their lives. Some of us, we consider ourselves too young. You see, in that life, you know, when, when we're teenagers, we're, we're, we're too young to do what we want to do. Then, when we get advanced in years, we're too old to do what we want to do. And then in midlife, we haven't got the time to do what we want to do. So why do we allow that? A life window. Let's just be ourselves today. Be blessed of God. You, you are a fabulous group of people. You've got one of the best worship teams in the nation. I keep on telling you that. We need to big them up more. We want to get them recorded. Amazing. I'll buy the first one. But you see, every one of you is a sense of belonging. We can come in a year's time and see this church doubling size, tripling size, quadrupling size. It could start on a Saturday of Destination Wyndham, where lives are connected. Nobody's ever spoke to them before and talked about Jesus, but you can. Don't get out there with big posters, you know. End of the world is nine. No, no, no. Go with your leadership forum. Look, look at really strategic things. Nick, that idea, psalm reading. Brilliant, brilliant. People are cool, and it blows the mind when it's free. But the thing about it is, the blessing of God is with us wherever we go. Wherever we place our feet, the blessing of God can be with us. And I want to pray for you as you close. So alive, Wyndham, every one of you, as I look into your faces this morning, I thank God for you. Thank God for what he's doing in your life, what he's done in your life, and what is to come. You were born for such a time as this. Your dreams can become a reality. The security that you look for in life is yours in the mighty name of Jesus. Why read books? Why watch DVDs of the work of the Holy Spirit when you can experience this yourself here in Wyndham? Can we believe this morning that the sick will come and leave healed? 
Can we believe this morning that those in distress will come and go out with hope and joy in their life? Can we believe this morning that in Wyndham, this massive population of singles and lonely people can find a place on a Sunday morning and in connect groups during the week where they can come and find friendship and that sense of belonging? It's in your hands. I bless you in Jesus' name. Be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit of God. Experience God in a new way this week. God is always the same, we know that. But it's for us to experience him in new ways. And I pray that you'll be richly blessed in everything you do. I pray there'll be finance in your homes. I pray there'll be health in your lives. And I pray there'll be fulfillment and satisfaction as you serve the purposes of God. You are not on a shelf. You are born for such a day as this. Be blessed in Jesus' name.